Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi everybody, this is the Cricket Badger podcast. Each badger marks the track with its own scent. His black legs are short but very powerful for digging. The name badger probably comes from the French word bêche, meaning digger. Hello everybody, welcome along. It's another edition of the Cricket Badger Podcast, County Cricket Weekly. We come to you every single Monday and with a special guest and with Knuckle Pandey and the fan badges as well to talk about all things county cricket, to big up the 18 counties and to enjoy our English summer. Well, Knuckle, we'll start with you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, James. Voice is just recovering after spending an entire day dodging the rain at Twickenham, where I was lucky enough to commentate some village cricket. Monty Panasar's home debut for, for Twickenham Cricket Club local rivalry uh, against Teddington sadly uh, for for him he was on the losing side against a pretty good Teddington team and did he take any wickets he did i think one for 30 something in his 10 overs bowled pretty well last it- man out in a doomed cause in the Legends thing in India, I think he, he bowled really nicely. Actually, it made a lot of people think Monty could still do it in the in the county circuit. Well, he got a four for the week before again away at Richmond. He's yeah, he's um, he's he's wheeling away happily. Abby, you were supposed to be playing cricket this weekend, weren't you? We were talking about it, and you were looking forward to. I think a gap of twelve years in your cricketing career, and for some reason, it never happened. Yeah, I thought I was finally going to be able to. Um probably not make any contributions whatsoever to the team but I thought I could at least get out there in an official capacity uh, but no it was rained off which is no surprise considering the weather at the weekend well as I said to you on Twitter you didn't put a foot wrong did you so your return to cricket was faultless exactly I didn't lose and what what more could I want <laughs> and Phil I know you were playing as well but maybe you'd have preferred it to have been rained off by the sounds of it well yeah it was my my debut and everyone was hotly waiting for it for the season uh, but I decided to push myself into the attack and bowled three overs of filth before losing by about 40 <laughs> runs but NMCC versus Stokey Scoundrels was a, a humdinger of a fixture last week but yeah that does firmly put us rooted to the 
bottom of the league table, unfortunately. Nice work, nice work. Three overs of filth, you can't beat it, can you? And one man that would love to be facing three overs of filth is our special guest today. He's been on the podcast before, but it's been quite some time since we had him on. And it's a pleasure to welcome back former Derbyshire and current Nottinghamshire County Cricket Club opener, Ben Slater. Mr Slater, how are you? I'm good, thanks, James. Uh, thanks for having me back on. Uh, yeah, it's like been a while since I was last on, but thanks for having me back. Well, I do apologise to all four of you. Uh, we, well, we did start this interview before. We've done all of those questions before. I got better answers the second time around. It has to be said, but I didn't place record on Zoom, so my fault. And we're now going to go into uh, Ben Slater's In the Spotlight. Billy Godelman, last week, he got 8.5 out of 10. So you've got that to get to beat him, your former opening partner. And we'll start off with one that you can't get wrong, Ben. This is, if you were picking a best 11 from players that you have played with down the various years at whatever clubs you've been at, who would be the first name on the team sheet? Wayne Madsen, I think, but definitely Wayne. He's a popular oh, answer so far on this. Day. I mean, Billy picked Wayne as well last week. Yeah, it's, it's not surprising just how, how many runs he scored for Derbyshire. The only other one I would have that came to mind was, was Broad, but that's cheating. He's played however many <laughs> many times for England. So um, yeah, I, I would say I would say Wayne, hundred percent. Yeah, it's not cheating really. He's a good player, Stuart Broad, isn't he? Yeah, I know, but it's a, the county podcast, isn't it? So we'll go. With, we'll go with Wayne. Right. Let's get take you through the rest of them. These are a bit harder. Question number two: What year was Nottinghamshire County Cricket Club founded? Eighteen thirty-six. Oh, you're close, but no cigar, I'm afraid. Eighteen forty-one. What is your highest first-class score? 172. Bang on. How many first-class hundreds have you scored? Nine. Correct. What is your list A batting average at the moment? 55. It's 55.55. You've outdone yourself by 0.55 of uh, a run there, but I'm going to give you that because uh, I think you're going to give you a, a run either side of there. That's a, that's a pretty good list A batting average, that. There'll be many people around yeah. the country would swap you. Yeah, no, I've done all right, to be fair. It took me a while to, to sort of get in that that team and playing that comp but I've done well since I got my chance You made your first class debut for Leeds MCCU all the way back in 2012 against Surrey at the Oval what was special about that match as far as Leeds universities were concerned First first class fixture for Leeds Bradford that, that um, MCCU that the university set up, it kind of gets derided at times, isn't it? Because of the standard of, of some of the universities and some of the performances. But from what I've seen from you, and I mean, a lot of the guys that have come through the Leeds one, particularly because that's where I'm based up in up in Yorkshire, it seems to give you a really good grounding. Yeah, I, I, I'm 100% for it. I've said this before, but at the time when I sort of left school and, and went to uni, I probably wasn't good enough to play for Derbyshire at that point. Obviously, you get the lads who are at a young age, but I, I probably wasn't. Luckily, managed to get a sort of summer contract and go to uni and still be affiliated with Derby and play in the summer. But I think for those three years, I was there to play at that that standard and train how you do throughout the winter. Only only helped. So yeah, I'm for it. And just look at the lads we had in that in that team over my three years there. I think one of the years looking back, we had like seven or eight lads go on to then play first class cricket for counties. The amount of people to come through. There's loads, really. So, obviously, I, I was adamant for it to be kept. Obviously, it is, but in a different standing at the minute. So, Well, a mutual friend of ours who's heavily involved with the Leeds MCCU side, Nick Davis, he posted a tweet. I, I put out a request for questions on Twitter to say you were coming on the podcast, and Nick responded, it wasn't so much of a question, more of a picture of you with bad hair, and he was saying he's glad you, you, your hair's changed. Yeah, I'm not going to give Nick anything. I'm not replying to that tweet, liking it or anything, because... 
I'm devastated that he's put that out there on Twitter, to be honest. It's well, I, I, I'll tell you what, mate. The one man that during lockdown who's had hair that's gone right down to his ankles is, is Nick Davies. So he's, you know, I think you could, you could fire back at him. Yeah, I probably could, but nah, I'm not going to give him, I'm not going to give him the satisfaction, to be honest. <laughs> Notts win against Derbyshire this season ended a uh, winless drought. It was a long, long time coming this. Um, about 30 winless games before you got that uh, first class win this season. This is a tough question. I wasn't sure I was going to ask it. How many days was it between the win against Essex at Chelmsford in 2018 and that win against Derbyshire this season? I think I know roughly ballpark because Mull mentioned it after the game and I read it in one of his interviews as well but I don't know if I'll get it dead on is it about 1,049 or something like that 1,048 I'll tell you what I wasn't sure I was going to ask that question but you got close enough to take both points there I was going to give two points for that Um, it's 1,043 you reeled that off too quickly to use mental arithmetic so I think you deserve both (laughs) points for that Um, right final two questions here and you're doing rather nicely here I think you get both of these right you go ahead of Billy Godman in these standings only one Notts batsman and that's 1-11 to everybody that's played in the county championship for Notts this season only one has so far failed to hit a boundary in the county championship who would that player be? I think think it's Fletch it certainly is Um, it hasn't yet hit a boundary everybody else has hit at least one this season finally only one Notts bowler has taken a championship five for this season in fact this bowler has taken two who is he? Fletch as well that's Fletch again I I wanted to put both of those questions in because one kind of derides him and puts him down the other one says he's having a terrific season with the ball and there's somebody I I worked with him at at Trent Bridge on a Talk sport commentary on the T20 one year. Great company, terrific fella, isn't he? And I would imagine he's fantastic yeah. in the dressing room. He actually walked around the ground that day, brought brownies from a from a spectator, and we ended up munching the brownies throughout the uh, the talk sport commentary, which probably wasn't great radio, but it was very appetising. A, a really good bloke to have in the dressing room, I would imagine. Just contagious. I think anyone that spends any amount of time with him, whether that's 30 seconds or an hour or, or however long, you, you're not going to have a bad time with him. He's just brilliant. And to have him in the dressing room, if things are not going great, he just pick everyone up just with his energy and just how he is really. And he's hilarious. Like some of the stuff he comes out with, to have that, just his wit and how quick he is with things, to take one thing off of him to have would be that. Just he's, he's brilliant. Can you think of one that's maybe family friendly, something that he's done that um, has made you, made you snigger? Honestly, you could just look at him. I look at him sometimes and just like in the field and just laugh. And then I'll, he'll see me like laughing. Like he'll do... He'll do something and just laughing. So it was Essex, but two years ago he played Essex. Lyndon James, one of his first, not his first wicket, but Fletch caught Dan Lawrence. Unbelievable catch at mid-on diving above his head. And then in celebration, because he was so excited, he couldn't believe he did it. He threw the ball up, but he threw it that far. It went six and bounced in the stands. That's just <laughs> that's just one of the things like you think like Fletch, um, like unbelievable. But that was only one of the things that sticks out. But he's, he is brilliant. He just went to having the dressing room with his one-liners and, and stuff like that. Well, it's good to see him bowling well because he was he was on the commentary with me that day because he'd been smacked on the head that season and uh, obviously he was out for a while with concussion and they were making sure that he was okay. Because he took a massive clout. I remember watching that on the TV and being, everybody was quite concerned about him for a while. But he's bounced back taking wickets as well. So uh, fair play to him and long may that continue. Who knows wins? Put your money where your mates are. There's over 25,000 players and over £1 million already won. The biggest community pot was £31,000. And there's over 12,000 leagues created. 
download our free app and play against your friends and family with bragging rights and real money on the line. Who knows wins in a different league. The house band, Knuckle Panday and the Fan Badges, over to you to uh, give your questions to Ben Slater. Let's start with you, Knuckle. I know you've got a, maybe a couple up your sleeve today. Yeah, about um, about some of your, your current teammates. Well, firstly, we heard over the weekend Harry Gurney has retired from all forms of cricket. Those, those injuries have finally finally caught up with him. A word on Harry Gurney and what he's, a servant he's been to knots over the years. Yeah, I think, obviously, I've probably what am I coming up to three years there now and we played with him in the first year and in the in the championship stuff and yeah just looking at his stats and some of the stuff that he did does done and the videos that obviously Knott's put on the last the last couple of days obviously shows what a great servant he has been has been to Knott's and then obviously all the other stuff that he's done around the world played for England however many times and IPL CPL all these comps just shows how good he has been how good he has been really as a cricketer great man as well funny man in a different way to Fletch but yeah funny very dry but obviously I think everyone at Notts sad to see him go it was a bit of a shock I think to most of the lads I don't think any of us were expecting it but yeah obviously big shoes to fill in the, in that T20 team moving forward Have all of the Notts players got a free table and a free glass of wine on entry at, his, at Stuart Broad and Harry's pub? I'm not sure about that no I don't think we have we should do really I will have to try and get onto that but now they quite they are accommodating it is a bit it is South Knot, so it's hard to get to, but the, the lads do go, and I'm sure we'll have a have a day in there soon. Well, I'm going um, to Trent Bridge this summer, so I might have to check it out. Yeah, it's it's not too far. I think it's about 20, 25 minute drive, but apparently I've been and and it is it is good to be fair. Nice pull. Yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, Harry Gurney, a fantastic uh, white ball bowler in particular, but has uh, yeah. a, had a very very fine career. And someone kind of at the not quite at the extreme other end, but someone who has still got a hell of a lot of cricket ahead of him, Hasib Amid, your opening partner. He's a little bit like Luke Fletcher, actually. He's one of those guys with a with a comeback story and everyone, and someone who people are delighted to see him scoring runs again. Uh, so what, what's it been like sort of batting with, with Hasib this season? What is, have you noticed anything different from, from the last couple of years? Is it just a case of he needed to just get that bit of a break and get a bit of luck, or is or is there something that he's doing differently now to what he wasn't wasn't before? Because he's had a fantastic start to this season. Yeah, obviously, I can only comment on sort of from when he came back end of 20, 2019 and playing with him last year and, and, and this year. And to be honest, I'd not really played much against him before, so I, I'd not seen seen much of him. I only think played against him in sort of white ball stuff um, and a bit in the twos because obviously Lanks Division 1 and Derby Division 2 or whatever but I think maybe just getting away from there may have helped I, I don't know obviously he's a very hard worker works really hard like you can tell he, he his desire to do well just from the amount of purely from the amount of balls he hits how he is day to day so I think obviously there might have been a few technical things that him and Pete have worked on uh, since he came but I think it might have just been a been good for him to sort of get away and get away from the baggage that he had at Langs maybe I'm only talking from in what I think obviously this has not this has not come from Hass well, but... some of that is public domain about what has about uh, yeah. Langs Lancashire yeah. wasn't necessarily the most welcoming place for him towards the end of his career but from a, from a technical point of view I mean you couldn't really ask for a better technical batting coach than Peter Moores yeah I think obviously since I came I think there's, there's certain things in my game that if I'd have stayed where I was that, that might have not have been picked up on and might have not have worked on certain things which have made me a better cricketer and I'm sure that'll be the, that'll be the same with Haas not massive things because the guy scored heaps of runs and got, and got picked for England and I think it 
similar with me, they, were, they weren't massive things, but things that you can change and tweak and, and do help. So I think obviously to have someone like Pete, the experience that he's got as as head coach and, and the other coaches that we've got as well can, can only help. I was chatting to you, Ben, before the others joined us today about opening partnerships and whether it's important to get on with your opening partner and be best of buddies or whether that matters really. And also you, you were talking about Hasib and how intense he is at the crease. I was talking about what, you know, what do you talk about? You know, you were saying that you get on really nicely with Hasib and yeah. I was, I was saying, well, what conversations do you have kind of thing during the day? And you say hardly anything because he's so intense and he just keeps himself to himself. Yeah. I think obviously we, we just, we've got understanding. I, that's how he works. I'm a little bit more laid back, but I think, yeah, you can just see how, how sort of driven he is and his concentration never sort of wavers while he's out there. So everyone's sort of different in how they, how they approach it, but that's, that's his method and that that's how he goes about it. And he's obviously getting the rewards now with his runs that he scored this season. And obviously in 2020, when we had those, those five games. I, I imagine that if, if you're scoring runs like he's doing this season, he's, and, you know, he's batting really nicely. I've watched quite a few of the streams. That intensity would probably drive you on that kind of the, the burning desire and that intensity to really concentrate and, and churn out the runs. But, you know, obviously he's had a couple of seasons where it hasn't been working quite so well. And that maybe that intensity might be a negative in, in that kind of situation. Whereas a, a sort of, you know, you describe yourself as laid back and more, maybe a more laid back character can go with the flow and be a little bit more even keel throughout. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Uh, maybe, but I think obviously every, everybody's different and everyone goes about it in different ways. Obviously, it might look intense from the outside and I might look a bit more laid back from, from the outside, but I think we'd both be feeling the same if we, we had a few few low scores, really, just because it might look a little bit different from, from the outside. I think if you had a few low scores, every, everyone sort of feels the same sort of pressure, really. So I think it's just... Every, everybody's different and everybody will everyone will do things in their own way really and you don't want to sort of change that because that makes you who you the player you are I think Abby in Nottinghamshire's current crop of players Ben yeah. but who do you think is or is going to be the player that fans look back on their career and go god what a magical player what a talent he was who do you think it is you can say yourself if you want <laughs> no I'm not going to say myself no um I think obviously if you look at the side, there's very talented, but if I was to pick someone who's just coming through now and someone's a bit more established, I'd have to say Clarky, Joe Clark, in terms of in terms of someone who's a bit more established and, and has scored runs already. But the other one, I think, coming through at the minute who's done well this start of the season is probably Lyndon James. Obviously he's a homegrown lad come through the academy and to see what he's done at the start of the year he, he worked hard got his chance he played a bit a couple of years ago like I mentioned before but he's sort of one that sort of not supporters can look at and sort of say he's one of one of our own really and having come through the system I think he's got a big future ahead of him but then I think obviously Clarkey. I think everyone knows the player that, that he is the amount of runs he scored I think he's gone past 5,000 first class runs he's only 24 so to do that at such a young age in the way he scores them, really. I always think he hits the ball as crisply and as, as, as sweetly as anybody I've seen on the county circuit. He's, when, he, when he's playing nicely, yeah. he just pings off his back, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And you can just see how he's played the T20s sort of the last year or so. Gone from strength to strength in that and got himself in the in the, in the the big bash and in these other franchises. I think it was noticeable to see that last year, how, well he, how he's cleanly struck the ball in, in the T20, but it's the same in the in the Red Bull stuff really once he it's not obviously aggressive how he does it he's mm. very elegant but once he times the ball and it's in the middle it, it stays hit so yeah he'd be sort of the one that I think him and Lyndon really for different reasons but 
everyone's could be that person, I think, in the side because we've got a talented bunch. In a way, off off the back of Abby's question, I mean, the aforementioned Luke Fletcher is is somebody that he might not score the most runs or take the most wickets in his career, but he's somebody that fans will look back at fondly because he's he's a massive favourite at Trent Bridge, isn't he? Just because the way he plays the game, wholehearted, gives his all. Yeah. And that counts for a lot as well, doesn't it? For, it does. Certainly for supporters. The phrase cult hero springs to mind. Well, yeah, I think, obviously, I think he's already there. I think, the, obviously, the question that Abby asked, I think he's probably already at that stage, really, in terms of people will look back and say, Fletcher will be talked about for years. Like you said, because he is the cult hero, likeable character, but that's not to take anything away from his cricket. He's just, I think, a couple of weeks ago, 350 first-class wickets and 500 career. So to get that many and still only 31, he could go for however longer he wants, I suppose. So yeah, he, I think he's probably already at that stage where Knott's fans will look back and say, and talk about Fletcher as, as that sort of player. Yeah, Dave Bracegirdle, the BBC's man in Knott's, worked out that he's taken more Red Bull wickets for Nottinghamshire this century than anyone else. Um, obviously, his, his biographer as well, but essentially all yeah. with him on that. On oh, bro, the, bro, bro, there's bro. a really lovely piece by David Hopps about the uh, about Luke Fletcher's sixfer on, on Crick Info, which yeah. uh, which uh, which mentions um, some of the work that Dave Bracegirdle's been doing with, uh, with Luke. Dave Bracegirdle, does ha- he does have a bit of a love affair with Luke Fletcher, though, doesn't he? They, they are pretty much married apart from not being married yeah yeah they, they are yeah they've uh, got a lot of uh, time for each other obviously known each other for, for years and obviously Dave, Dave did his book so they're a good pair of guys to be fair Phil I'm interested in what motivates sportsmen um, or is one of the things I'm interested in and after my three overs on Friday, I'm expecting a lot of interest from other teams to come in. <laughs> and, and 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 I I know obviously that you move from one one part of the East Midlands to the others. To, uh, and really, I'm interested not necessarily in the machinations of that decision, but what motivates an individual to move uh, counties or clubs, particularly between rivals. What's the, what are, what are the issues that might be at the forefront of a young cricketer's mind? I don't know. Really. I think I, I can only I can only speak for me and, and in my career, but it was basically just the will to sort of to, to get better. Really, when I was at Derbyshire, it got to a point where there wasn't many coaches there. The, the way they'd gone down, the route they'd gone down with, how it probably would have been in, in when Kim Barnett was captain. They, he, we only had Stubbo as coach. Stubbo was brilliant for me. I, I'd known him for years, but got to a point where obviously I had the offer fr- from Knotts and I looked at would I get better as a cricketer moving to Knotts and, and that was purely purely the answer really just wanted to get better wanted to develop my game I'd probably not 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 scored enough runs in the in the red ball but I'd probably not converted enough 50s into 100s that was one of the reasons I thought that wanted to go and obviously I had my stats in list state were very good but it was just purely to develop my game really obviously like you said it was local rivals obviously I grew up in in Derbyshire in, in balls over near Chesterfield and Chesterfield Mansfield it's massive rivalry in football goes back to sort of the mining times when the Derbyshire miners were on strike and the Nottinghamshire ones w- w- weren't so for me to move to come across I think in, in cricket the rivalry is not is not as much but certainly football wise it, it's still it's still there today but you just have to sort of forget about that really obviously grateful for what Derbyshire did in, in my time but you're only only got a short career and I just I just want to get better and try and push your talent as far as you can go really and I think I'm already seeing signs of sort of as mentioned earlier about the technical work that I've done with Pete and the coaches here of how it's developed my game so I think for purely for me it was just just to to get better and push myself as far as I could go really 
when you were on the podcast before, Ben, as I say, it was right at the start of your chat, right at the start of your move to to, to Notts. The um, we were talking about what it was going to be like to play against Derbyshire, and obviously you've done that a few times since now. How, yeah. How's that been coming up against your old mates? Uh, it's been all right, really. Like lads saying when we went back a couple of weeks ago, but there's not really any, there's not really many lads there now that I yeah sort of sort of know. There's probably a handful now. Whereas the first time we went back was 2019 in a 50 over game, and that was a bit more that was a bit more strange. Um, thankfully, I got some runs, so it made it a bit it made it a bit better. But um, sort of now, it's, and having my feet under the table at Knotts, going back, Knotts almost feels like home now, really. Whereas the first time round, I was probably only out there about yeah. six seven months, so it was it was a little strange then. And there was more more lads there that I know, but like now, there's probably only sort of Billy Wayne. Critch, Harvey, Yaz, Alex Hughes, who who are sort of were there when I was there. So it's it's completely changed now. The move wasn't handled particularly well in terms of in terms of how it all came about. It was a bit it was a little bit messy in terms of the transition period. <laughs> Do you think the reception or the sort of the going back might have been different had last year been played with fans because it wasn't that's the sort of thing that can that fans you know particularly if you don't know the ins and outs of it or whatever can make you it's the kind of thing that fans can seize on a little bit sometimes yeah yeah maybe I, I don't know I think obviously I think I handled it pretty well in going as it wasn't handled handled greatly by by the press or not the press but it was released that I was playing for knots while I was playing for Derbyshire at Sussex, which was bizarre. So, um, so yeah, that that wasn't handled great. But I think most people know me. Now I've done it for the right reasons, really. And um, obviously, you're going to get the odd person who says says you've done it for X and you've done it for Y. But I think the people who who are close to me or the members who who know me since I was a young lad there will, will know that know why I've done it and done it for for the right reasons, really. So. Yeah, thankfully, I've, I've not had too much abuse about it, but you never know, it might change. <laughs> no, I, I, hope that isn't the, I hope that isn't the case. And, you know, a bit of, I don't like the word banter, but a little bit of uh, of, of joking around is all well and good. But I, gen- yeah. I think this in football in, in general too, is it players get a lot of stick for moving clubs when actually just, it's not as simple as that. No, no, no. Yeah, I think everyone that does it, does it for, for the right reasons or the reasons that are right for them, I suppose. It's a short career at the end of the day and I had an opportunity to come to a, to play at Trent Bridge um, and work with the coaches and play with the players that are here. It's probably a no-brainer, really, at the, at the end of the day, to, to push myself to, to try and get to that next level. Or if that doesn't happen, try and make myself as, as good as I, I can be at, at the county level, really. Blackratcricket.co.uk You've probably spent lockdown dreaming about scoring runs and taking wickets. Well, let Black Rat Cricket kit you out and take you towards success. Blackratcricket.co.uk They've got a swanky new website and if you quote Badger when you check out, you can get yourself 15% off. Blackratcricket.co.uk Join the infestation. Ben, on this podcast we basically asked the guest that was on before you to leave a, a question or two for the guest that's coming after them. I'm going to ask you towards the end of this podcast to leave a question for the uh, the guest that's coming next week. But Billy, um, your former opening partner, left you a couple of questions last week. The one right. he actually gave us on the podcast that listeners will remember was, who is the coach that's given you the most, really, I think was his question. But he said he made a point of saying... Don't let him fiff and faff and, and, and pander around this one. He wants a definite answer. He wants one answer and he wants you to stick to it. The coach, I, I thought this was going to be about, do you know what the question was? I thought he was going to ask me? Go on. Is, um, 
who's your favourite opening part that you've ever opened the batting with? I was convinced. <laughs> when you told me, left me a question, I was convinced that, that that's what he's going to ask me. I was actually going to say him because oh, <laughs> we, we got onto it. We got onto it the other week. I think someone asked me in the in the change rooms who was the the best you've opened the batting with, and I would said obviously got a good relationship with Hass at the minute, but we've only sort of battled played together ten games or so. I said the probably longest would be Billy, and when I was younger, he, he just used to he used to stick up for stick up for me like if there's anything going off he'd be, he'd be right in there so I'll tell you what he wasn't wrong about you trying to skirt around the subject was he because you've answered a totally different question yeah I know but um, <laughs> coach the coach is a tough one there's loads there's loads well, this is what he said there's I think loads. this is what he was saying you've been under so many people's wings that you thought that you just might mention 10 people and try and uh, and, and pacify everybody he wants one answer <sighs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll narrow it down to two I'll narrow it down to two go on I'll come out and do that so, we'll let you start with that alright so I'd say Stubbo Steve yeah. Stubbins and John Sadler were Sadler. the two I work, work most yeah. with at Derby and if you had to pick one of those two <laughs> that's such a horrible question um, it's like Sophie's Choice have you ever seen the film Sophie's Choice you've now got to pick I'd, between okay, those I really okay. hope I really hope they're both <sighs> listening Yeah, no, I, I hope Billy's listening because this is exactly what he planned for with this question um, I can't choose because uh, say, I'll say I'll say Sads then right John Purely, purely because it was probably start of, a bit more at the start of my career Stubber was there then left then came back but I was playing more under Sads at the start of my career and then Stubber a bit later on so Sads probably had a little bit more of an influence a bit earlier on Okay, so that's your answer to that question. And Billy left you two. And the other one yeah. still isn't about who is your favourite opening partner. Right. What is Slat's worst blow-up after getting out in a first-class game? Get him to talk you through it. Big smiley face. He's obviously got what? something in mind here. I don't know which one he means. There's been that many. <laughs> <laughs> um, worst one? Are you a thrower-arounder of equipment and uh, kicking the door and that kind of thing? I'm not as bad as some, but I have been. I have been known... Um, probably calmed down a little bit as I've got older um, but I can't, I can't remember I can't I, I, no there's not one that sticks out has he told you what it is no he hasn't actually he left it open so uh... they, all, they all merge into one <laughs> not as bad as some is a statement that needs a little bit of unpicking I think yeah I think I'm painting a bad picture myself here there's there's I'm not. I'm not as bad as yeah I'm not name as bad names. as give us, a, give us a name <sighs> give us a name who's the worst there, there's Neil Broom was bad when he was at was at, was at Derbyshire Billy's brilliant. He literally, he would never, never blows up. Or I think I've seen him once in my whole time playing with him. Whenever I've chatted to Billy and he always seems to be very measured, very calm, very yeah. collected. Uh, and he, he strikes me as somebody that gets, that gets sawn off LBW. And instead of flouncing off and smashing everything around, he just like, he'll fold his kit up in a bag and just sit there and have a cup of tea. He's very calm with it. Alex Hughes, he, he was he was funny, but funny, not aggressive, but fun, do it in a funny way. But the year that Broomy came to to Derbyshire, he didn't have a great time, and he some of his ones were were brilliant, brilliant. I think one of them, he, he came in. There's a basketball on the floor, hit the basketball, bounced off the window, bounced back and hit Chesney while he was padding up. Or might not have been Chesney. One of the other lads might be one of the lads down the order. Hit him on the head as they were padding up. This as this basketball came flying back. Yeah, he, he had some brilliant ones that, that year. Brilliant. I want to gonna, know what this one is that Billy said now, because I can't remember. I'm going to have to follow this up with him, I think, and then, then basically then put you two together and we can sort this out on a, on a later podcast. But I've um, yeah. got a couple of questions that come in on, on the Twitter feed. Um, Oliver says, um, is there anything that you've changed drastically to help you kick on? I mean, you mentioned going to 
to not some working with Peter Moores and what have you. The is is there anything particular that you've changed with your game, or has it just been more general? The last year, or so so in winter of 2019 20, there's a lot of work went into playing spin. That would probably be the one of the main things that has helped. So if I look back now at the start of my career, get to 60, 70, not with it, not with ease, but I would get there and then not convert. And I think if you look at players like like Mads. The ability to play spin how that how he does he's a, he's a bit of a freak but just to tick over and get off strike get down the other end and not face that many balls I think is probably one thing that has helped me sort of convert the 50s 60s 70s into 100 plus scores so I think that would probably be one of the main things it's not anything major it's just sort of being able to change my setup a little bit and it made me maybe pick the flight of the ball a bit better and made me have another boundary option or, or be able to get off strike. It's nothing funky like reverse sweeps or sweeps or anything like that, but that would probably be one thing. Dan Redford's been on. He's uh, a name that you'll know. I, quite, I think there's a bit of a theme here with these tweets. There's quite a few ex-teammates and, and what have you uh, trying to trying to get the boot in. But why does he wear the number 26? I'm sure he's got a great story behind it. And then he's copied in uh, your mate, Alex Hughes in, the, in that tweet. So there's obviously something going on there. This this all stems from, I did a, I think in lockdown, one of the lockdowns, I did a something for the Knox Community Trust or something like, like a, a Zoom call with loads of kids. And one of them asked me why the number 26. So I gave my answer and they showed a clip of that and Redders and Alex Hughes were taking the mic or basically <laughs> saying that was one of the most horrific stories I've ever heard <laughs> so I think that's why so I told the story the kid asked me so I had to tell him but well don't don't yeah, if, it's, if it was that horrific don't repeat it on this podcast please I don't uh, think it was that bad but. <laughs> Jake Needham there's another name who would he say was the biggest influence on you starting out as a young pro <laughs> he wants me to say Jake there doesn't he, he, he doesn't wants me to say himself <laughs> to be fair he, he would be up there just because I played a lot with him in the second team and he captained a lot and the environment that we sort of had in that in that second team when he was captain was was outstanding. He's another one. He's a bit similar to Fletch in terms of how he how he is. Very similar character, funny, uh, witty. But I think just the way we sort of played cricket and youngsters coming into that team when he when he was captain just enabled you to sort of play and sort of be yourself. Really good environment. A uh, lot of lot of banter uh, flying around at, at that. In, in that side but any any what he was he probably was was good when he was captain the second team yeah well there you go JBN that was worth sending that tweet and you've got a, a really good big up there Wayne White I'll tell you later uh, Wayne White oh, another God. one of your fit um, gets worse at what point did you start hitting the ball rather than fanning it down to third man he says <laughs> oh my <laughs> He this is he used to abuse abuse me as a kid. When I was young growing up playing in the Derbyshire leagues, he would have been a pro then. He used to just abuse. And he I remember one game we played and he basically said he something along it was something like you playing with a baseball back, so every time you hit the ball it goes to goes to third man no matter where it it was basically. <laughs> he used to abuse me. I to be fair, I didn't we did obviously he used to abuse me and I used to have a used to hate him really. Hate I used to hate him and then as soon as we sort of played together got on like house on fire and yeah he was he was brilliant to sort of play with for some not for good reasons but, <laughs> but sometimes but he was brilliant to have in your side there's always something gonna happen 
That's a, it's a bit. Right. I, I always think that with football players, you know, you get the likes of Robbie Savage and a few others that are kind of a bit divisive, aren't they? A bit marmitey. But when they're playing for yeah. your side, you love them. When they're playing for the opposition, you absolutely can't stand them to die heaven. And that's a similar situation. It sounds like with uh, you and Wayne White. Yeah, I think just because he used to say I was I was rubbish all the time, basically, <laughs> is why I didn't like him too much. But, but yeah, playing, once I sort of played with him. He he's playing football now, isn't he? He was. I think he's packed in again now. Oh, he? But yeah, we went to watch him a few times. He's playing for Hena Town, semi-pro yeah. in goal. So once he's packed in cricket, he went back to, to playing football. The games we went to watch him, he didn't have to do a great deal. So no, don't still don't know if he's any good, but... And were you Must behind be the goal saying that, you're rubbish? That, that, you're rubbish. You're rubbish. You we giving him it. No, back. I wasn't. I should have. I should have done really. I should have done really. But um, yeah, one of the games he was just stood on the goalpost with next to us. There's no one in the ground, and they were their team were that good. He hardly touched the ball. I don't know if he's any good, to be honest. Could have yeah. put a statue there. Badges are furry creatures. 85% of women badges think bad grooming is a major turn-off. 80% of women badges think men should trim below the belt. 89% of men think good grooming is essential to the professional success. Don't just dismiss it out of hand. Get on there, manscaped.com. Check out their great range of male grooming accessories. Hygiene, appearance, attractiveness, confidence. Simply go to manscaped.com, quote the discount code BADGER. You get 20% off, you get free shipping, and you get some seriously quality equipment. Manscaped.com, together we save balls. Well, Ben, you've done your hard bit there because you've got through the questions there from your former teammates. We're going to now have a look back through the last week of county championship action and we're going to start off with Phil here. We'll start off in group one. Um, and Essex, Phil, it's been, uh, I mean, we had poor old Billy on last week. It wasn't the best of weeks for Derbyshire going out in the Chelmsford, was it? Back where we belong. Uh, not for long, looking at the table. I think, uh, was it a point or two points now? But it was um, the uh, Harmonators show. He uh, nine nine uh, wickets in the first innings. And I'd say what I was pleased to see was um, wickets for Porter in, in, in the second innings because uh, it feels like, I'm not sure, I mean, I had a quick scan but it feels like he's not he's not been in the wickets as much this season it's good to see him and cook back in back in form in that second innings because billy and um uh guest i can't think of his first name looked like they were going to steady the ship and with the weather closing in in that second innings it looked like there was there, there, there was a risk of a draw but the overnight seemed to um break concentration and in the morning essex rolled through them so yeah very nice win and uh, good to see particularly Porter back in the wickets but Harmer is is such a machine it's untrue Have you faced um, uh, Simon Harmer Ben? Is it, I mean what's he, what's he like? I mean he's obviously taking loads and loads of wickets is he a, is he a real handful? I, th- I think obviously the, the amount of wickets he's taking was, is, suggests he is yeah we, well we played against him the other week and it didn't spin so he was at Trent Bridge so he didn't really bowl much but I think obviously when you get him on a turning wicket yeah. um, he's he's not one of those sort of mystery spinners he's a conventional off spinner but just the tricks he's got with it his change of pace and his up and down I think is why he's so good the amount of wickets he's been taking would suggest that he's, that he's pretty good at what he does yeah I think spinners need pressure though don't they they, they need to work with a bit of pressure if, if there's no pressure of score or, or conditions then it doubles the, the difficulty for, for spinners to take wickets and this time of year first innings taking nine it just seems such an effort such an incredible effort 
Um, he only took three in the second year only. Uh, he, he, he really is a machine. And it was that combination over the last three or four years of him and Porter, I, I think, that has been so successful. And, and I wonder if that's why well, um, struggle was not the term, but they've not been quite as effective this year. So it, that's why I'm hoping now that Jamie has found that bit of form or, or whatever got the, the cobwebs out of the elbow and, it, and, and moving on. It's strange though, Phil, isn't it? I mean, we, we talk about Essex and you know, if, you, if you sit back, it's not been the best of starts for Essex. You know, defending champions have been so dominant in the last couple of seasons, but the top of the table. So you kind of, you, you blink and all of a sudden it's a very, very tight table this one. We'll talk to Ben in a second about knots in second there, but was it uh, only a matter of uh, handfuls, nine points separating first and fifth in that table with Derbyshire a little bit of drift at the bottom um, but with a game in hand on a, on a few of the other sides it, it couldn't be tighter that for but Essex seemed to be getting it right yeah you say dominant but it, it feels like they've had to squeak in I, I, didn't they squeak in last year in qualifying and then work their way through it feels like that they're a team that really they, they play matches well I mean obviously every team's got their star players and, and Essex have got the players they really rely on but they seem to be a team that, that get results and, and certainly recollections of we, we had it earlier this season against Durham where there was a shocking first innings but managed to turn it around with some real um, applying some pressure uh, and uh, turning it into a match winning situation uh, it, f- it feels like it, you say dominant but I'm not sure it's they're not like the Man City they're, they're no, not no, no. rolling people over it, it, I just feel like they're good at getting results County cricket doesn't really work like that even yeah. when you had teams who've, who win titles back to back remember when Yorkshire won titles back to back there so many times that they were bailed out by you know Bresnan and Rashid at six and seven or something like that or someone to come up with a performance we needed it and that's exactly what happens I mean you took I mean, Jamie Porter's not been as dominant this series as he has been but Sam Cook's been in the wickets and Shane Snater the the, uh, the mm-hmm. Dutch fast bowler has come into the team and done really well to, to broaden it out a bit it's a, you know, Holland actually have a pretty good crop of, of fast bowlers Snater can't get into the yeah. into the Dutch team at the, at the moment but that yeah D- Div 1 is definitely the, the crowd fav- the crowd pleaser at the moment with that, with how how tight it is we, yeah. we saw Durham um, win by 258 runs as well with uh, my old uh, Yorkshire mate uh, Alex Lee's getting 99 he's batting just, nicely just, we've got to talk about Dan Lawrence don't we uh, well can we come back to him in a second I just want to go through this the Alex Lee's 99 but I mean I think the story of that game was the the fact that Chris Rushworth uh, has got to be the leading Durham wicket taker of all time plenty of social medias uh, um, out there with Chris Rushworth's name on it and pretty emotional I think when he got past that that line um, Durham's leading wicket taker that's some some testament to his loyalty um, really he stayed at Durham where a lot of other people have gone on elsewhere but that takes Durham up to third in the table. They're on to 73, level on points with Nottinghamshire. Essex atop by, on 76, just three points then separating the top three there. Um, Worcestershire on 70 after that defeat. Um, Warwickshire on 67, um, 41 for Derbyshire. Um, yeah, I mean, let's go back to Dan Lawrence and Knuckle. You, you want to bring him in? I mean, hadn't had the, hadn't had the, the quickest of starts to the, the season, but a, a fantastic century. It's one of those, um, I think England's election doesn't really work quite like this anymore, but it's one of those, if there was ever a good time to, to score your Runs the, the round before the England squad's about yeah. to be picked will be it will be a good one. Obviously, he he was pretty impressive in a losing cause against India this this summer and has been scoring runs in all sorts of conditions uh, um, up and down the county championship for the last few years. But just the the dominance that he that he showed and the and the the speed with which he was able to score off off all sorts of bowling. And Matt Critchley's had a really good start to the season, but he completely took him apart. Everyone's I think I'm sure has seen that falling over outside off stump whip straight down the ground for that four. Was a, it was a ridiculous 
shot that, wasn't it? And uh, have, have you ever tried that? Have you seen that one, Ben? And have you ever tried to pull that one off, falling over and still hitting it over the top of a fall? Not that I can remember, no, to be honest. Obviously, like you said, it's been everywhere and was a ridiculous shot. I was speaking to Critch actually uh, the night after that and he said oh, he was happy to see that go for four because he thought it was going for six sixes at one point. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, he said he was happy that, that that one went for four and it wasn't going to be six sixes, so... Knuckle mentions the England team being announced, Ben. The yeah, what's is there any kind of little bit of a, a whisper on the county circuit between the players of anybody that you you think as players is standing out and maybe coming up on the rails or you know Dan Lawrence who you think is an absolute certainty because you've seen him playing or did the players not think like that? I think obviously people say oh he must have, he's done well maybe he's got a chance that he might be on he might be on the radar that sort of thing but um, not really the only one I thought might stand a, a chance is in getting back in is probably live yeah how he, how he started the, the season I think he's a good player just as another left-handed opening batter the, the runs he scored obviously he's at an age now where he's quite experienced and obviously had a crack at it before but he's probably been I don't know how many runs he's scored since then and but I'd imagine he would have scored a few a fair amount because he's, he's a good player but I'm surprised he'd never got him never got back in really his timing was unfortunate because he came he was one of the first along with Robson in the I think Carberry as well but but then Strauss and Andrew Strauss wasn't that far gone by the time Adam Lythe came in and there was a certain amount of expectation yeah, that England that he had to live openers. up to that yeah, yeah that England were going to have openers averaging in the mid 40s Adam Lythe was one of a number who had a good who batted very well scored 100 and then was averaging in the mid 30s now I think batting has got Test match batting has got harder in England, particularly. But top order batting has just got harder in the last few years for everyone. And I think the timing wasn't great. And he was up against a really, some really good attacks in the year that he mm. came in. That, that New Zealand attack was very good and the Australian attack in... We got a century against the New Zealanders and uh, it seemed he to did. attract it. And then th- yeah. that Australian series was a really tough one. Really tough. Yeah, it, it sometimes worked like that. Yeah, Adam Lives had a really good season. England have a lot of potential options in the top order, though. I mean, with Live and then Hamid coming back and already trying to fit Burns and Sibley and Crawley in. And so the, the, there's uh, Ben Slater at knots as well. I mean, he, he's, he's, <laughs> he's doing all right. Yeah, there's plenty, plenty knocking around. I would just go and finish off with Group One there, Ben. I mean, obviously, knots have had a week off, and uh, you've been doing whatever people do in a week off. But back to winning ways with Nottinghamshire in second in that table. But as I say, it's so tight, isn't it? I mean, you. you can't take anything for granted in group one no the amount of points you get for a draw now is is the reason why it's so tight I think it's gone up to eight points for a draw so you sort of look at Worcester who have not won a game yet but they're sitting pretty on 70 odd points after five draws and a loss so I think it just that's probably why why it's so tight it must be quite annoying to on a, on a week off when it was raining around you didn't get two draws in that division because we've got two two wins for Durham and for Essex there which have done them no harm at all have they no no like like you said I think it is very tight the tightest group of the three so I think whoever goes well up into that top that top division for the remaining games of the season is going to have to play some good cricket in the in the remaining games really just because it's just because it's so tight you're going to have to sort of beat the sides around you really Let's go into Group 2, um, which saw a win for Hampshire. They won by seven wickets against Middlesex. And then Abbey, um, it was a bit disappointing for your team, wasn't it? Somerset, four wickets fell. 206 for four, Surrey were. And that was the only play that was possible. Yeah, yeah. We, talk, we talk about Group 1 there with the two teams getting victories. Never going to happen at Taunton, was it, this I week? Know. Well, I was amazed that any teams across the country got any play at all because I think in the whole of the match at Taunton, I think in total they only managed 66 overs, 57 on 
day two and then nine on day three and then day one and day four were rained off I think but yeah it was just absolutely horrendous I didn't even bother turning the live stream on because I just expected rain delay after rain delay um but they did manage to get a very lovely video of Roy Burns playing onto his stumps in slow motion. I did that once, you know, in a, in a club game. This is a long time ago. And there's nothing more disappointing than when you actually go back and you play what you think is a decent backward defensive shot. Obviously not totally decent because it ends up sort of spinning back and hitting your stumps. You hit it in the middle of the bat and it still goes back and hit your stumps. And that's what Rory Burns did, wasn't it? There's a, it's just so beautiful from a Somerset perspective, watching him watch the ball bounce up and then go back down onto his stumps and just seeing the exasperation in his face. Well, Rory Rory Burns is is well known as sort of. It's very difficult to find a cricket photo of Rory Burns where he's not looking directly at camera. Yes, and, and there's, oh, there was this look of glorious resignation on his face as Marshawn yeah. Delanger burst through his defences. Absolutely. Have you learned anything from that, Abby? That you can bring into your well, your, what's your reconvened debut? Are you, are you playing next weekend now? After, after no, you've... I'm not. I'm actually on holiday next weekend. Okay. Um, uh, rearranging the match for some time in June, I believe. Just especially for you. I hope and pray that it's sunny. Um, well, let's have a look at the uh, table and in Group 2. Gloucestershire, 95 points. Somerset, 91. They're the two that are starting to get a bit of clear water, although Hampshire have made ground, haven't they, with, uh, in third place on 82. Then Surrey, Middlesex and Leicestershire are bringing up the rear in that group. Group 3, only two games in each division, wasn't there, in this last one. But Kent and Sussex had a draw. Joffre Archer back in that one. And Joffre Archer, I was going to say limping off, but elbowing off, whatever the uh, the word is for that, in that game. Didn't really get many overs in for Sussex. And then Glamorgan against Yorkshire was very much a, a rain-affected game, with that ending in a draw as well. That sees uh, Yorkshire top of the table. Yorkshire and Lancashire still have to play each other twice, though. So that's going to affect there because they're going to have to take points out of each other there. And uh, you've got Glamorgan and Northamptonshire trying or waiting in third and fourth place in that group to uh, steal an advantage if uh, Yorkshire and Lancashire slip up. So very tight, I think, in all three groups at the moment. And I think this, uh, this we talked about the conferences and how it's working last week. I think it's working quite nicely, certainly in this early st- stage of the season. The live streams, though, is something I want to talk about this week. And um, start off with you, Ben. I mean, obviously, you've been playing for a while now. And uh, the the way the county game has changed and the way it's been covered, social media's obviously um, enhanced it to, to some degree. You could say has worsened it in others. But the live streams last year and this year have been exceptional, haven't they? And have you noticed as a player the, the extra coverage is maybe getting you a little bit more attention or has it not changed anything I don't I don't, I don't know I don't know if I can an, I don't know if I can answer that one whether it's got me any more attention or not but I, on the live streams I think as good as Sky at the, at the minute obviously different angles and all that sort of thing and I'm not a massive one for what for watching really other than if there's, there's big games on or anything like that obviously you have all the, the lads in the dressing room will be looking around at all the other scores around the, the country and I'm not I'm not a massive one but with not much to do at the minute with everything that's going off in the world and um, all the streams going off and the NV play with all the games and all the wickets and, and stuff like that I've sort of found myself moving more and more to that side really and watching more and more I think maybe that's because there's, there's more available and, and it's so it Ease to get to at the minute, but I think it's it's only it's only good moving forward for all the games to be shown like they are at the minute. 
I saw a tweet the other day from somebody who said that he hasn't been to a county game. He's, he's kind of the way his work sits set up and uh, and what have you. It's never really been something that, although he's got a passing interest in it, never really been paying much attention to. With the live streams that are on this season, he says he's got it on permanently and he's watching it and he's got really, he's got himself hooked. I think he's a Gloucestershire fan and he was saying that uh, it's obviously helping that they're top of the table. So he's enjoying that. Um, I think there's a few people out there that are, are really cottoning onto cricket and, and taking it a little bit more seriously because they're able to actually watch all of the play rather than maybe get to one or two games in a summer and, and not maybe be able to kind of invest themselves into the whole whole season. I, well, I, I have Twitter mutuals in India and Australia and New Zealand who are watching as much, who are staying up through the night and watching county cricket streams and, and stuff like that, like you would for a test match. And just because you're able to do it, you know, that sounds incredibly simple, the, the fact that if it's on, people will watch it, but it really is. Uh, I think that what, what has just been shown is that there is an incredible appetite for, for cricket of all types and county cricket is, is definitely part of that. It's a good product. It's a product with a lot of history behind it. There's also there's you can take it from as many different interests as you from whatever point you want. If you're watching to try and work out who the up and coming players in the England squad are, or who's going to be in that England squad, or what some of the really quality overseas players like Michael Nisa was playing at Glamorgan this year, he, he, this week he was a, on Sky, and he's a he is a seriously good bowler and could well be making his Australia debut at, at some point soon. And people have been Australian journalists have been banging the drum about Michael Nisa for a while, and some people this will be the first time they've got to watch him just it just spreads the word further and it is absolutely absolutely fantastic i'm sure we'll, we'll go into this in in more detail but it's it, there was a bit of a worry that it was going to be a massive financial drain for for counties i was speaking to someone last week who is involved with one of the counties um is involved basically setting up their live stream the they were able to generate revenues to fill the hole the financial hole last year and they expect that this year and particularly next year where it's actually going to be a revenue generator for for counties so it's just it's one of those things that you now having had it for certainly for this season everyone's got poorly enhanced live streams it makes you wonder why on earth we weren't doing it a few years ago the better clips that we get on social media as well as a result of it because we're getting everything covered so nicely they're able just to take that off and stick it out on Twitter and within half an hour you can see how Joffre's bowling down at Hove or how Ben Slater's got his century at Trent Bridge. Yeah, or you can see Rory Burns getting out from 360 degrees. Um surprised <laughs> they didn't fly a drone over the top of the stumps. Actually, I mean, to be fair, Archer was bowling beautifully actually before he, before he got injured. It was a real shame. I was I was super excited to actually watch that Sussex-Kent game because of the quality of the bowlers on show um, for, for Sussex and, and uh, yes, all of those. Actually, the county championship for a few years has been very good about social clips. Even when they were only sat at cameras uh but now they've got the extra ability to show it in you said ben pretty much tv quality it's you know it's it's not as they don't have every single camera angle and someone who is not a tv director by trade is is switching angles and and so forth and there's limitations to the cameras but it's really very very but, but it shows how good it is now the fact that sky have been able to take those streams and stick them on proper television you know if, if it was grainy rubbish footage they wouldn't do that would they no they wouldn't have even been considering doing it um and yes it's only the test grounds and 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 or whatnot and it's only a few counties but the point is sky showed a county game last week in full showed one this week for as what much as there was we'll be showing one in this coming round and that'll i'm sure continue through the through the rest of the season uh it'll it is one of those things that you wonder why on earth because this this isn't something that is only technologically possible now this is fairly this is fairly achievable technology it's getting to the stage that i talked at the top of the show about uh commentating a game for um, Twickenham Green Twickenham had three cameras 
<laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, Twickenham had three cameras, one on top of the sight screen, one on top of the pavilion, kind of looking from our commentary position, and one mobile camera. How many, how many cameras were at your game, Phil, at the weekend? Watching your three overs of rubbish. Sky were interested for a while, but we couldn't agree <laughs> anything beforehand. So given that we couldn't agree any contracts, I wouldn't let any be there. You see, but, if, if Abby's game hadn't been, uh, they were obviously going there, weren't they, Abby? Yes, yeah, the lawyer in me, I, I just couldn't give it away for free. So. It's like, it's like uh, the final day of the football season where there was a helicopter hovering above and they were trying <laughs> yeah. to work out where the, where the story was. Yeah, well, in my mind, they're just trying to work out where I was going to be hit for four. <laughs> it wasn't that there would be, it was just where it was going. As, as the punter, the joy of these streams is that I can have it on my desk when I'm when I'm working and I don't have to give it my full attention. But that beautifully understated commentary, I love the commentary on these streams. I, I, I don't know why it appeals to me, but it is just it is well, just so county cricket. I'll tell, tell, tell you what, Phil, Knuckles done me in this, this summer because Knuckles sent me that link to the, where you can get all nine games on one screen. Yeah. And I just ended with a migraine because I'm trying to watch I'm trying to watch everybody doing everything and you can, I actually worked out the other day it was like a bit of a Mexican wave I could start top left see a ball being bowled and I could go across the screen and see a ball being bowled in each of the games and then kind of it almost kind of went like that yeah th- thankfully you can only have commentary on one of them at once otherwise it will be a sort of th- <laughs> oh, no. complete wall of sound yeah, no, no. You're, it sounds like you're in the Matrix turmoil, yeah. the cricket yeah. Matrix. Nine, nine commentaries at once. I, you know, even me as a cricket badger, I don't think I, I could do. I couldn't even decipher that. Abby, you always tell us uh, with great pride how many cameras are at Taunton and, and the service that you get as a Somerset fan. I do indeed. Um, I'm not actually going to mention that because I think that Somerset streams speak for themselves. Um, but but how, just, how many how many cameras are there though? Tell there us. are eight cameras at Taunton, <laughs> although some of them are hired in. But that there's still eight cameras. Um, I just want to read out a quick tweet from Ben Warren, who's Somerset's media guy. Um, and he tweeted after the match was abandoned yesterday. If ever you want a stat about county cricket, 280,000 views on the Somerset live stream this week. 280,000 views of people watching rain fall on grass mostly. And I just think it goes to show that I think obviously there is the old lie that county cricket live streams are just 10 old men watching at home and it just shows that there is an appetite for county cricket and as Knackle was saying there are people all over the globe staying up till all hours watching these games it's it's not just 10 old men and me um, things happy I mean I'm going to paint myself as being a real forward thinker now yeah it's going back to about 2008 when I was working at at Yorkshire as the media manager there we really tried to get a live stream out on our on our website and to do Mm -hmm. it then and we were told at the time that we could only do it on days that Sky weren't broadcasting a cricket game and when we looked through the calendar of the summer there were only four of those days and it really wasn't worth buying a load of gear to do four days of, uh, of, of streaming and the reason we were trying to do it then because I could see behind the scenes at Yorkshire how many people were looking at the website and where they were looking at the website from and there were tens of thousands every single day reading my rubbish stories about Adam Live's inside thigh measurement or whatever it was um, but they were coming from India from China from America there's people everywhere that want to follow County Cricket Abbey and these streams are absolutely goldus for these these people that live are English people but have moved to America or have moved somewhere else and just want to stay in touch with their county. Well, or they're just cricket fans. Yeah, yeah exactly. Cricket, cricket, exactly. cricket fans yeah. are just voracious. Like, I've definitely I've done this in reverse because the Sheffield Shield has been streaming their games for quite a few years and the, like, the Runji Trophy in India. And, you know, 
if I want, I can, I can just dip in at some point. And for those of us who are just who just love cricket, it's just it's exactly the same as like if you're a football fan, you might watch a bit of Bundesliga, you might watch a little bit of Serie A, you might watch a little bit of whatever you've got the subscription for. It's just again, it's naive and whatever. But why wouldn't you want people to be able to watch your product? Yeah, it reminds me of um, when everywhere first went into lockdown in March 2020, and there was something like the only sport the only live sport that was going on was the Ukrainian football league. So all of a sudden everyone was just watching and supporting them. And I hope that the streams will continue to get as many views when obviously the live games are starting this week or the um, audiences are being brought back in this week. But yeah. That's what I was going to say actually, because the, I mean, Knuckles talked about the finances and obviously um, there's a few counties have got this really working for them and you can obviously get sponsors on these services and um, it's a very good product to put your name to, isn't it? I mean, when it first started out, um, started last summer, I know a few of the counties were really quite concerned about how much it was costing them to hire in the cat, you know, all of this equipment. It's not cheap stuff. It's not just like a little webcam or something like that. It's pretty proper stuff. I wondered whether we'd get to the end of lockdowns and we'd get back to whatever this new normal is going to be, and, and punters would go back into the grounds and and we'd scrap it. But obviously, that's uh, yeah. We we think there's there's scope to continue this knuckle. I just don't think fans will accept going back to not being able to watch games. Yeah, but I mean, there's there's a lot of things that fans don't accept that they don't get I just, get the right answer to, isn't it? But I don't think that. I think the 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 PR damage that would be done from stopping the streams now would be far worse than the any potential savings. And as I say, um, it was Ben Warren actually who I was speaking to last week and through sponsorship and yes it was helped by having Barbara Azam last year uh, and, and getting that audience from Pakistan and, and but but it lasted beyond him they were in the millions they were talking views in the millions now if you can't monetize that you're not doing your job properly and there are other counties who are getting as you in the hundreds of thousands and again it's not I'm not saying they're going to be mega wealthy off it it's not going to be like the BT sport football deal but that counties are going to be able to at least make this pay for itself uh, just through being able, just being able through attracting viewers to their to their streams, because it's high quality cricket, and if you put out high quality cricket in decent video quality in an in a very easy to find way, people will watch it. I found I was watching the the Yorkshire game last week, and because it's on YouTube, I can put my TV on, stick the YouTube channel on the television, find the feed, and it's there as if it's a normal television channel. It's it's fantastic, and I, you know, and and you've got the commentary on there, uh, and I think the BBC do a terrific job with their comment. I mean, we talked about Dave Brace Girdle, but we got his equivalent in all of the eighteen counties, yeah, providing it, some it, terrific commentary. It, it's, and it's, it's linked up and to it's, the BBC radio comms, or they've got their own teams in some cases, and the stats and there's graphics. And Ben, you're absolutely right; it looks like watching TV. Yeah. Have you had any um, fan mail, um, Ben, from Singapore, America, China, India, or anything like that, because of the result of these streams? Maybe the odd tweet here and there from someone in India, but no, my fan base isn't isn't too uh, isn't too uh, great, to be honest. So uh, I'm not had many. I mean, it's an exciting time, Ben, isn't it, to be playing county cricket, really, because we're actually seeing it actually gaining some traction now and people taking an interest in it. Yeah. I mean, well, maybe so. maybe you can't see that because you haven't got any fans in the ground, have you? No, but I just I just think with everything that's been said before there about the stream, there's no way they can go back and not have it now. Just with how, how, it, is, how easy it is for everyone to watch it, like all the lads in my in my local local cricket so chip for Chesterfield every time me or Matt Critchley are batting or, or bowling Critch plays for Chesterfield as well there's always one of the lads or number of the lads at work at, at the desk with it on yeah. so they're the sort of people that wouldn't even go to the games um, and watch the games they would never never sort of go to championship game really so even people like that are watching it so I don't think 
they they will go back to to not streaming. For, for people even with a passing interest in cricket, they maybe go to one or two county days a, a season. They can keep in with it a little bit more. So when they actually do go to the ground, they'll recognise a few players that they might not otherwise have done. Phil? Is the danger that the YouTube access will diminish the footfall through the gates? I mean, I, I'm, I'm not sure it's that big a threat, but there's not that many people that go anyway. Would would the, the few that certainly go to Chelmsford think, oh, I'll just watch it on YouTube today? It's not the same, though, is it? No, you know, but, well, even Lords, so Lords is the biggest ground in the country in terms of capacity at max 35,000. Counties are getting, you know, double that at least for a, for a day of, of stream. It's, I don't think it's going to make... I don't think it's an either-or, for one thing. Yeah, like you might not be able to go to every day of a county championship game, for to be honest. I mean, that's not a... That's a big time commitment. In, in, a, in, in a way, it actually might... It might bring a few in, because if you watch the first couple of days on a stream and day three is a Saturday and it's sunny, you might 100%. actually think, well, I'm going to go down there. 100%. I think also, like what I said before, I think it's sort of different... Different, not generations, but different sort of certain sorts of people who all sort of watch the stream now. Whereas I was saying that all the lads I play with at Chesterfield, yeah. they wouldn't go to watch Derbyshire or not in a championship game. Whereas you'll get the members, the members will go anyway, and the people who watch that sort of for the not the younger generation, but different sort of certain people will sort of still watch the stream. I reckon if they can't get because they're working, they'll still sit the stream on while they while they're working or if they can't get so I think there's a lot there's a lot, the, there's a lot of different ways to be a fan and you know they might go to the to the blast games later this yeah. year they might not have considered yeah. going to yeah there's always something really funny that I remember from last year. Um, I think it was Somerset versus Worcestershire. I just find this concept so hilarious. John Cleese, who is a renowned Somerset fan, um, had been emailing Worcestershire's, I think it was it was just their like their management team. He was emailing them asking how he got onto the live stream. And I think that is just such a funny notion. But yeah, it just shows that there's everyone from every every generation trying to get involved with the YouTube streams. I, I mean, there is the case that like eight, nine, ten year olds are watching YouTube rather than BBC One these days. And that you know, the fact that these streams are on YouTube is is this is different. I think everybody's got the internet these days. The that kind of silver surfer thing is gone now, isn't it? Yeah, you know, our parents and grandparents and what have you have basically online and able to watch and uh, and enjoying it as well. I think. So. So I think but streaming, I, I think all the all 18 counties can have a big slap on the back for the way they've done the streaming. Yeah, and a lot, you know, they, they, they've had some help from the ECB. And in some cases, you know, they're paying for their own stuff. In some cases, they've had help from external companies or individuals who have put a lot of money in. But someone has to take that, someone had to make take that move and dedicate it to people like people like Ben Warren at, at Somerset. And I know Surrey have done really well with theirs. Middlesex are doing a fantastic job, excuse me, this season with with theirs, um, with, with Adam Collins and the and the rest of the team and, and Steve Fletcher but it's it's shown kind of what it's shown that this is a good and vibrant and growing product and that uh, I would call it a myth but I think Abby's absolutely right the word is a lie about 10 men in the dog and, and that town cricket is dying it's just not true it's used by people who want to discredit county cricket I mean there are it's used there, by people who haven't got the faintest idea what they're talking th- about there are, there are days knuckle where you'll go to a county game and there's maybe 200 sort of smattered around the ground because that game's dying or there's something going else going on but I mean I've been at Scarborough I've been at Headingley I've been to some of the grounds where now Scarborough is absolutely packed. They, they've sold out days one and two of the, the Roses game at uh, Scarborough. 
Scarborough, you can't get a ticket for that for love and money. You just, they're probably going to go on the black market for bigger than Glastonbury because people <laughs> are absolutely desperate for them. And that is going to, if that is a sunny day at Scarborough, you will not see a better day's cricket. That'll be the atmosphere at that ground will be absolutely I, I, I magnificent. Can't wait for Paul Edwards' piece already. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I, I think it's great. And I think the streaming is doing, I think there's got a knock on effect through cricket from this streaming that's going to be uh, very beneficial for all of the county sides of things. So, so the final point I make on it, you mentioned that you can get YouTube on your TV. That ease of access is important because you don't have to go looking for it anymore. You don't have to be a sign up to so-and-so's website to be on their mailing list and you get a little notification. You don't have to sign up to their Facebook group. You just go on YouTube and it's there or you flick onto YouTube on your smart TV, which is a technology that lots and lots of people have. Like I got my TV for from a charity shop and it's got a, uh, and it's got a, a capability to do that. And, it, and it's gone from the days where you just turn it on you got four channels and you just that there you four to smart TVs now where you scroll through your Netflixes and your Amazon Primes and your, your YouTube and you can watch anything and that's just become normal now just, and, just, and, and, just, and Cricket's got itself on that platform put it somewhere people can find it and make it good and people will watch uh, it sounds simple and it's not easy to do these things technically I know from speaking to people you know it takes time and energy and investment and skill it starts with the will to do it Let's move on then to uh, wrap up today's podcast. We've got games next week, or starting on Thursday, rather. Hampshire, Leicestershire in Group 2. It's Notts against Worcester in Group 1. Notts against Worcester there, Ben. Are you looking forward to that one? You're riding a bit of a wave, aren't you? Yeah, I think so. And we've got we've got Brody for another one for, obviously, England. I think, I'm sure he's available this week. You might have got that wrong, but I think he is. So to have him again is good for us. But, um, yeah, we've been playing some good cricket. We showed some fight in the last one when we when we played Worcester to, to bat out the day and a bit, me and Hass, so they know what we're about really and uh, hopefully we can we can go go again and get three in a row. What's it like sharing a dressing room with Stuart Broad? I mean, I know he's just a human being and he's just a normal fella, but you'll have seen him on TV, you'll have seen him taking his eight for 15 at Trent Bridge. He's kind of A-lister, isn't he, in terms of England's cricket? So you're kind of in the same side as him? Yeah, I think I'd when I in 2019 when that season he played quite a lot for us and it was obviously a bit bit strange but he's just just a normal normal guy at the end of the day and just to listen to his stories lads lads are constantly sort of around him asking him asking him stories so just to sort of li- listen to them listen to those stories are brilliant really well good luck in that game and uh, the rest of your Thanks. season goes really well with the bat and continues in the same vein because you've had a good start to uh, your 2021 season Essex against yeah. Warwickshire is the uh, game in group one down at Chelmsford this week Phil Essex top of the table is it the start of um, yep. go to the trophy now yeah, this is, we've paced ourselves. This is the run in now. And uh, this is the run in. In, in Mo Farah's style, we will now cross that line in uh, triumphant fashion. Well, being at home, I think, is a is a, is a nice advantage to have. I think we've got a few, we've got a few of the home fixtures left. Is it two of the. I think so. Yeah, having home advantage There's is no point is asking me. You're our RS- you're RS- Yeah, RS- sorry. Yeah, I should know that. The thing is, it's so tight that of of those five, ten, I think we've got to say Derbyshire are, are probably the outliers now. But of of, of the five there, it, literally any of them could work into that. So that if, if Derbyshire win their next two games, they're right back in the mix, aren't they? So you know, nobody's out of that at all. Are you going to be going to Chelmsford? Because isn't this is the, this is the first round with fans back? I haven't planned to yet, but I, uh, if I can, then I will. The, the issue is the problem I have with, and that's why the, the, the streams are so useful, is that I, I just don't have the physical capacity to get into the ground and work and 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 farm around the four kids that I have that 
that that control my entire life. So it's uh, that, that, that's one of the joys of of the streams is it allows me to stay involved. When I was a member at Essex, I, th- I think I averaged about two county days a year when I when I was a member over there, and it, it, it just was a. It's going to make the stream quite fun. Essex Chelmsford is quite a lively place. Yeah, uh, yeah the, uh, particularly on for the for the T20s, which is. I think it was a CB40 semi-final. I did a radio commentary. Radio boxes were all taken. Had to do it in the crowd with Essex fans all around me. Um, uh, doing a pro-Yorkshire commentary. That was very interesting. But it was good fun. Um, Derbyshire taking on Durham. we got North Hants taking on Lancashire. Kent against Glamorgan. Gloucestershire taking on Somerset Abbey. This is one... I mean, you say to me, you said last week, you are like a spy. You live nearer to Bristol than you do to Taunton. Um, where does your heart lie in this one? Gloucestershire against Somerset. This is a biggie. Top of the table class. Well, it's not really a question of where my heart lies. My heart most definitely lies with Somerset. Um, but I am excited because I am going. Hey. There is an 80% chance of rain every single day. <laughs> so we'll wait and see how it works out. But I'll definitely be at the ground, whether it's sitting through a rain delay or not. Oh, you're not bothered, are you? I mean, get your brolly yeah. out. You're at a cricket ground. Yeah, absolutely. Last cricket match I was at was the um, county champion final between Essex and Somerset in 2019. I sat through that rain delay. I can sit through many, many more. What you're saying, Abby, basically, is wherever you go or wherever, wherever you try to play, it rains. Yeah, yeah, I don't make... So I think it's quite what Crowded House had in mind when they were... <laughs> it's also, the, the, yeah, I mean, also, there's a weekend of, dar- week of derbies in, uh, in, in Group 2, the, the mid-table London derby. Yeah, Surrey mm. and Middlesex bringing up the, uh, the rear, um, so to speak, in the... Middle, uh, Middlesex, where Middlesex's batting has... I know that that Hampshire attack is very good. And it was not easy batting. It didn't look easy batting at Lords, but uh, Hampshire's batting has com- sorry Middlesex's batting has completely disintegrated. And now we hear that Stephen Eskenazi, who was their captain last year, is now planning on going on loan. Yeah, yeah, he wants out, doesn't he? He was he captain, wasn't he? Captain for the first two games this season. He was, season? yes, yeah. he was, yes. And he, now he, even though the batting is floundering, he can't get into the team and is is going on loan. And Peter Hanscom has had um, an absolute shocker of a year as uh, as Middlesex captain overseas player. So uh, anyway, that's all to look forward to this coming week in the county championship. And so like I said, just one, well, one last question to you. Our guest next week is the evergreen Darren Stevens, the Kent all-rounder. He's coming on the uh, podcast next week, next Monday. And your last duty as our guest this week is to leave us with a question or two to ask the mighty Darren Stevens. I'll leave him with one. The question is, will he make it to his fifty? <laughs> that's what I want. That's what I want to know. Is he going to? Is he going to make it to his fiftieth birthday? Well, I think I think age will come up in that podcast next week because it, it's remarkable, Ben. Isn't it? I mean, just it to is, kind yeah. of just to kind of preview next week. Everybody talks about him. He's just got to his forty-fifth birthday. He just keeps hitting centuries, taking wickets, and still keeps playing really well. Yeah, it's that is it's mad, really. That, that's why I sort of ask it because there's no signs of him sort of dropping off, really. <laughs> Usually to say that when people get to 35, maybe, if they've made it to 35, never mind 45. So, so yeah, I don't think there's any reason why he, why he should hang him up anytime soon by the looks of what he's doing still. I think, if I'm right, you hit your 30th birthday in August. Is that right? When I was looking at your Crick Info page earlier? Yeah, th- yeah, 30 in August. So if I make it to 45, well, that's I don't a lot. think I will. That is a, I don't think a... I will, to be honest. I'll have done by ah, that's a It's a lot of runs between now and then. Yeah, it is a lot of runs, so... I don't think I'll be making it to 45 to be honest. <laughs> it must be it must be Darren Stevens must be somewhat of an inspiration for 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 cricketers just that if you if you really still want it you can keep pushing on and pushing on and pushing on. Yeah, I think so and obviously with him with him bowling at such a late time in his career um I think has obviously helped him sort of not string it out that's a that's a bad 
bad way of putting it, but to keep it going for so long. I was having this conversation the other day with a few of the lads. I think we're now at a stage where I think we'll start seeing people go even longer just with how things are progressing. People are probably fitter than we were 10, 20 years ago um, with our sports science is progressing. You might not necessarily get to 45 like like Darren, but um, I think people will probably start playing longer than they have been. It's not inconceivable that James Anderson could still be playing test cricket at 40. No, exactly. And you would never have thought that. And he and and Stevens are bowling, if anything, better than they've ever bowled. Exactly, yeah. So it's crazy when you think about it. I don't think 10, 15 years ago you'd have expected anyone to be still going at 45 but people might might start going longer now these nowadays well let's uh, wrap up today's podcast with a big thank you to ben slater ben always a pleasure to speak to you and uh, as i say good luck with the rest of your season for nottinghamshire it's been uh, good to have you on knuckle or as always thank you very much to you as well abby good luck with the rain this week as well hopefully uh, it stays dry for you and your uh, return to county championship cricket and phil if you're uh, being reeled out again for uh, your weekend team hopefully it goes better than the uh, the three poxy overs that you bowled last weekend can't go much worse mate and uh, thank you out there everybody for listening as i said we've just kind of previewed next week darren stevens the kent all-rounder is with us on the podcast next monday so tune in then thanks for listening and we'll see you again next week Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.